Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your Wednesday. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and much more. Visit Restore.com for more details. Talk to David about what's going on over there in China with uh, the Team USA and uh, how much it can benefit or not, I suppose. Donovan Mitchell. Talk to him about um, Jazz Camp. We were talking to Bowler about it yesterday, Gordon. It's it's like less than a month away now, camp opening for the Jazz. It is. It's drawing close, and I think the fan base here is going to get pretty excited about it. You know, usually, remember even back in the day with Stockton Malone, used to take till the holidays, really, till football season was over before everybody would really get fired up about the Jazz season. And I think it's going to be different this time around. Yeah, I think people are are already. Excited! This this has the real potential, Gordon. You know, fall going into spring to be just a, a great sports environment around here for yeah. a variety of reasons, including, of course, the jazz. I'll uh, agree with that. By the way, uh, we're getting responses from our listeners uh, indicating that theft is theft. I saw that. Regardless of uh, that, makes sense. All right, joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's our good friend, David Locke. Uh, hi, David. How are you doing? Good, Jake. How are you? I'm great. You uh, you coming down to the Valley, go to Elton tonight? I am not. Uh, I just landed in uh, San Jose. I'm seeing my parents for a few days. Oh, very um, nice. But I, I've, I'm double digits Elton shows. Wow, really? Um, he is by far my favorite artist ever. Um, one of the highlights of my life was uh, Jim Morales was the program director at Kissin 97 when we were at 570 KISN back in the old Salt Lake radio days. And he had a Elton John album on his wall signed. And I used to just ask for it like every day. Like, you know how those record guys used to always have that. Mm-hmm. So Elton's coming to Salt Lake. This is probably in 94 or 5. And he says, hey, do you have time tomorrow before, um, what time are you off? And I was like, I'm doing, you know, I think I was doing noon to two or something. He's like, okay, do you think you could be at the arena at 5.30 to meet Elton? Wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's like, I got two passes for you for the Elton meet and greet. I called my best friend from college because we listened to more, like we, you know, like the amount of Elton that was listened to at that period of time was absurd. And so he actually drove from San Francisco, like on cue, um, called in sick, and we went to and met Elton John. I have a poster, I have a picture of me shaking hands with Elton John in my office. Uh, Gordon will relate to this. So when I was program director of the radio station when we were, I guess, 1320K fan at the time, um, uh, I was told I had to go on vacation because um, I was working too much and not going on vacation. I didn't really know what to do, so I went and toured with Elton. All right. So I saw Elton in L.A., San Francisco, twice, 
maybe Portland and Seattle all like within a week. I just kind of like went with Elton on tour. So you know, David, I I was an El- I was an Elton groupie. I I saw <laughs> him in Vegas twice. That is one of the things that's been in the far reaches of my mind that I've not thought of until you just mentioned it. I remember that, and. Yeah. Okay, so now I got to know which of all his catalog of songs is your favorite. Oh, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's is high up there. Um, Tiny Dancer's great. Um, I mean, the cla- I mean, like when you consider that your song was written, I think nineteen sixty-seven. It's pretty incredible. Um, and then some of his Lion King stuff was great. I just, I'm just a fan, uh, and I, you know, and I like some of his terrible stuff too because I, it's the same way I feel about you two and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like I love these artists that actually tried stuff and were bad at some point. Like I mean, some of that Kiki D stuff is just awful. Um, but like at least he tried it. So, um, you know, and at the time, I also one of my favorite, um, like one of my favorite interviews of him of all time was when he was like, someone asked him about the confusion that his sexuality brought to him in life. He's like, I've never been confused about that. And it was just at the time, it was actually this kind of very poignant question. I think we may understand it a lot better now, but I remember that when he, from a political standpoint, when he said that it was a big moment and just kind of something that like the interviewer clearly had no understanding of what he was asking. And he was really openly willing to express himself in a way that others didn't. So I thought that was, you know, I like him. I'm, I'm a fan. I really like I, I'm not go I'm not going tonight. I felt uh, quite frankly that the ticket prices were pretty outrageous and that I'd seen him enough times and I didn't know that I needed my last memory to be of him. If I want to go see him someplace, it probably was, you know, one more time. I, I went down to Vegas a few years ago and saw that show. So, um, did you guys see Rocket Man? Yeah, I thought it was good. I, you know, it's the craziest thing is I haven't seen it yet. Like for whatever reason, it's just like I'm dying to see it, and I just have. I never came out, and it just didn't click um, for my schedule to go see it. I should have like I had three or four opportunities, and the kids and wife want to go see other things, and I never just took myself and went and saw it yet. So I will at some point this summer. There, I don't want to ruin it for you, but there is a line in there when somebody in the music business, forgive me if I'm screwing this up a little bit, but somebody in the music business heard uh, your song and he said, I haven't heard a song like that since Let It Be. And I thought I mean, that it really, was high praise. I think it's, a, I think it's that, I mean, I think it's one of the greats of all time. Like, just it still holds today, and it's really old. Let's talk a little basketball, David. Donovan Mitchell over in China with Team USA. How much do you think he can play this experience to his benefit? Oh, I think all of it's to his benefit. Um, you know, I think um, actually it was Bill Simmons who had like a great tweet right yesterday, um, which Rudy Gobert may or may not have liked. Um, which was about Devin Booker. Like Devin Booker can like sit around and complain that some five foot seven guys double teaming him, you know, while these guys are playing an overtime game with the fear of God that they're going to lose as the United States of America to Turkey. I mean, it's terrible. It's it's a it's a huge statement of where we are in our sports. And I mean, I think there's a bigger topic to be discussed here, but um, we shouldn't be losing that. Coming close to losing that game, we really lost it twice and somehow won. That shouldn't be happening. But I thought the fact that they, you know, they had to go through it, and frankly, Donovan makes a few terrible plays late, and those are amazing experiences. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he learns from it. But they, there are opportunities to learn, and there's not a lot of opportunities to learn if you're not there. Okay, so this is kind of a dumb question, but I'll ask you anyway, David. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 
how how good can he be, and what are the limits there? Have you settled on any expectation for him? I know it's something we just sort of take for granted, and everybody thinks he's going to be great and all this stuff. He already is terrific. Where's the limit? So I kind of go both ways on this, Gordon. Like, my natural instinct is I, I, I think I find myself always trying to bring it down a little bit. Like, uh, you know, I always hate, like, every player we ever project to be, like, a superstar, right? Like, you know, some guys are going to be Lionel Simmons. Like, who's Lionel Simmons? Well, he was a college player of the year, was the seventh pick, and turned out to not be very good. Like, that, that's a lot of players. But So I always am one who, you know, when the projections start, I, I get a little nervous. The, the other angle is he's really special. Um, who he is as a person is really special. Uh, the wiggle he has is, is magnificent. Um, his ability to put the ball in the basket. Uh, the burden that was placed on him the last two years and his ability to have some success under that burden is unprecedented. Um, there's never been a player in the second year of the NBA who was a 20-point-a-game scorer without a second score that won 50 games. LeBron didn't do it. Carmelo didn't do it. None of these guys did it. Um, uh, the burden that's been placed on him the last two years to, with a chance of failure was so high, and he didn't fail. So I think he's really special. Um, you know, I... I if people remember Allen Iverson, I think he has that scoring capability. Um, I do think he's a, he does remind me, this is not Eric Gordon had a bunch of injuries, but he reminds me a lot of an L.A. Clipper, Eric Gordon, and he's turned out to be better than him. Uh, Eric Gordon was really good. I think people have forgotten that. Um, so I don't know who he is per se, but I do think he's going to be one of the elite scorers in the league. And, you know, I think he's just going to be playing a different game. Last year, his shot distribution was just awful. Uh, he took the second most amount of shots in the – paint non-restricted area and he shot the lowest percentage of just about anyone in the top 50 players in the league i think josh jackson out of phoenix actually shot worse but that's about it of the guys who took the 50 most but you know then you start looking around well you know they weren't guarding Derek favors and they weren't guarding jay crowder and they weren't guarding ricky rubio and so he didn't really have a lot of choices and frankly if he did do the nash dribble where he dribbles out through it well that's one, that's not really his game because he's coming on a different angle. And two, there wasn't anyone to throw the pass to. I talked on Locked on Jazz today about the just insane numbers that I stumbled upon yesterday on what Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, and Jay Crowder shot on passes from Donovan Mitchell last year. I, I, I will reserve, I will stop talking about how many floaters he took last year until he has shooters around him that can shoot as he will this year and then see if he stops taking them because he may have taken them because there was nothing else for him to do. David Locke with us, and uh, David, kind of a general NBA question for you, but Gordon and I were up at uh, uh, up in Ogden on Monday at Wasatch Front Kia, and we ran into uh, our boy James, who was a passionate Houston Rockets fan, and we uh, chatted with him for a while before the show, and uh, he, uh, well, we asked him the question, is it going to work with Harden and Westbrook, and he gave us a very passionate yes. What's your thoughts on that? Is that going to work? I think so. Uh, first, I think James Harden is way better than we're remembering. I think that's the first thing is that like everyone is kind of thinking that somehow this is going to hurt James Harden, and I don't think it is. He's just that great. Um, and then if we believe Donovan Mitchell is going to get better with shooting, why don't we think Russell Westbrook's going to get better with shooting? Uh, you know, he's been surrounded by Andre Robertson, Terrence Ferguson, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant. Now he's going to have Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and you know Eddie House or whatever Daniel House. Um, and James Harden. So I think Russell Westbrook will be uh, a lot better uh, efficiently for the Rockets. Um, if I had to make a pick right now for number one seed in the West, I think I would probably go Rockets 
as my most likely jazz is my next most likely and Denver is my next most likely after that. I just, with the latest reports on how long Paul George could be out with his shoulder injury and how much Kawhi Leonard will need to do some, uh, load management. I don't think the Clippers will be the number one seed. They may win it, but they may will not be the number one seed. And I think the Rockets are the most likely team to be the number one seed. Do you guys remember, this was a long, long time ago, it was a ketchup commercial where the ketchup was trying to move its way out of the bottle as it was tipped, and the song uh, Anticipation was playing in the background? Does this ring any bells? Was this like, I mean, my dad was in marketing in 1950s. Do I need to ask him about it? He's sitting right next to me. I bet he would remember the commercial. In fact, ask him right now, David. Ask him. You remember something about a catch-up commercial where the catch-up was coming out of the bottle for the song Anticipation? He says a little bit, okay, Gordon. A little bit. Well, okay, here's he my... Thinks, he, Gordon, he thinks it was the 60s or 70s <laughs> that that commercial came out. Nice work. Jake, how old are you? I am uh, 38. <laughs> okay, Gordon, you had a chance to span like two decades between me and Gord, between me and Jake. I'm 10 years older than Jake. You could have done it, and you didn't. I'm not that old. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the point. Of all the things that you were talking about earlier and maybe something outside of that, what are you most anticipating with the Jazz this coming season? I just can't wait. I mean, I'm just excited to see the pick and roll with Bogdanovich and Ingles spread and Conley or Mitchell coming off a Gobert pick. And I just just am curious to see what teams do to defend. And um, I think the answer is they're going to stick on the shooters and that they're going to force – Conley and Donovan to play a two-on-two with a big dropping, and they're going to have to figure out how to how to make plays out of it. And it's going to be interesting to watch and take some creativity. But um, we're not going to see people sagging off of all of the shooters and getting in the way of the pick and roll anymore. And we're going to see space. Um, I'm excited. You know, I got a few. I'm really excited to see Mike Conley off the ball. Britton Johnson and I did an interview this week, and today's topic was largely about that. Just this is a totally different world for Mike Conley. Mike Conley has been surrounded by Tayshawn Prince and Tony Allen and Avery Bradley and Garrett Temple. And it hasn't been since 2011 that Mike Conley played with a wing scorer, and it was Rudy Gay who shot 39% that year. So, I mean, the idea that Mike Conley is going to be able to get the ball on the weak side of the floor off an advantage created by Donovan Mitchell is just an amazing thing for Mike Conley. Now, can he do it? I don't know. Like, maybe he's going to hate that. Maybe Mike Conley's going to think this sucks to play without the ball. And for all we know, he's, he's going to be miserable doing it. I don't know. I mean, there's just there's parts to it. Um, I'm curious to watch Bogdanovich every day. I think he's a lot better player than we than we really know because he was an Eastern Conference player. I've gone back and watched a few Pacer games, but I think he's pretty good. And then the final one is I just, you know, I'm just totally in the bag for Rudy. I think he's the best, you know, one of the 10 best players in the league. And I, I think there's a chance he could average 18 points and 16 rebounds and win his third straight defensive player of the year and be an MVP. If we're close to number one seed, he'll be an MVP candidate by the end of the year. David, thank you so very much as always. Enjoy spending a little quality time with the parents, man. Thanks. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Go All right, there you go. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz and big-time Elton John fan. That's cool. He's seen him ten times or double digits, I think is what he said. Pretty awesome. Go on tour with with Elton John. Yeah. I've never done that. I've never done the the sort of the deadhead thing. 
Do, who, Didn't who, you see Kenny Chesney 15 times last year, including traveling to a different state to do so? I saw him a couple times, but I've never, you know, that's the closest I've come. I, that's, saw, I, was, I saw Old Dominion, too. I was going to ask, who's a better ro- uh, roadie for uh, their group, is, or groupie, sorry, for their guy? Is it Locke for Elton John or PK for Chesney? Uh, that's, a, that's a good toss-up there. Which one of them would first get a tattoo of their favorite artist? PK. Okay. Well, PK and Gordon for Kenny Chesney. No, old I'm, I'm not, Gordon, I'm not Gordon's quite like there. Gordon's a guilty by association, really. Uh, Gordon's not going to go to those things unless other people who own his heart are going. I do, I do like old Dominion a lot, and Kenny Chesney. There's nothing wrong with Kenny Chesney, man. Yeah, there's a lot wrong. I with just Kenny had to get used to it. Uh, the first time I saw him, I've seen him like three times. The first time I saw him, I, I PK was giving me a hard time. I didn't. I didn't move the whole show. I just sat there. Isn't that what you do at most concerts? Well, I mean, you get up and move a little bit. Did you break out the drunk cobra? No, no. But what other the, moves la- do the you last have? two I went to is into it a little more. So, but Elton John, I've never seen. I remember the first time I heard his name, I and was very interested in in his music, and uh, that was. That was probably in 19, I want to say, 70, yeah, (laughs) 1970. When there was ketchup commercials on television. Yeah, you remember some silly ketchup commercial, but. Uh, Google it. No. Google it. I'm busy. Google ketchup and anticipation. You Google it, pointer. All right, I'll Google it. I'm, I'm, Coming up right so, around the corner. No, no, I, I, no, no, no. I wanna, we'll I, play I, it I, next with Josh Parcell. No. <laughs> Josh Parcell of College Football Country, the podcast, also WFNZ there in Charlotte, will join us to give us a national perspective on college football. That's straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Josh Parcell coming up here momentarily. I want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle service, detail, oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport Parking with the best rewards program in Utah. Only airport valet service in Utah. Park right and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Diamond Airport Parking. It'll be fun to get uh, a national perspective from Josh Parcell coming up momentarily, Gordon, on, uh, well, really, what happened week one of college football, but uh, certainly with the, the Utes, Cougs, and Aggies. Yeah, and what happened and what's going to happen this week because he's very familiar with Tennessee, and so he'll have some thoughts on what BYU is facing. Going back and Utah State played right in his backyard. He lives in Charlotte. They were up the road at uh, up there at uh, Winston-Salem taking on uh, the Demon Deacons. Yeah, that was kind of a heartbreaking loss for the Aggies. That's not the way they wanted to start the season. They had that game. They did. And it's kind of unexpected that Jordan Love would make those uh, those kind of mistakes. But the defense gave up a game-winning drive in the True. last two minutes. Well, I didn't think the Aggie defense looked very, very good, period. David Woodward aside, who's just 
incredible in a one-man yeah. wrecking crew. I didn't think the defense as a whole looked all that great uh, from uh, from even the opening kickoff when Wake Forest kind of marched things right down the field. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, of course, he hosts a show in Charlotte on WFNZ, but he also does the College Football Country podcast and part of uh, College Sports on Sirius and XM uh, sp- uh, Radio. He is Josh Parcell with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hi, Josh. Happy Wednesday to you. What's going on, guys? Happy Wednesday. Week two. Week two, and Gordon and I are just getting ready to uh, go see Sir Elton John tonight here at the arena, Josh. Are you much of a fan? What's your, what's your, we've been asking everybody, what's your go-to Elton John song if you are? Wow, man, that's a good one. Well, I'm a big Lion King fan, so I love the circle of life. All right. But if we're going back with the oldies, uh, it, I mean, it doesn't get any better than Rocket Man. I mean, that that is classic. Hard to argue. Hard, although, you know, your song... That, that that ain't bad either. And I I, t- I said earlier, friends is terrific. I mean, there's so many. That's the thing, Josh. <laughs> you really you really can't go wrong. I mean, I'm jealous, man. I think he's coming to Charlotte. I think he's coming in a couple months. Uh, I I gotta go see him. Him and like Billy Joel, those guys. I mean, when those guys come through town, you you can't say no. Gotta yeah, go. get your tickets now, man. Don't wait until the last minute, or else you'll be paying all kinds of premium prices. Gordon going cheap on, you know, cost advice. Uh, Josh, hey, well, let's start out here. Considering this game happened uh, not too far away from where you are right now, Utah State goes into Wake Forest and and really blows it. I mean, uh, Jordan Love throws three interceptions, and they had uh, a chance to stop him at the end, end of the game and couldn't, uh, couldn't get it done. But what were your impressions of the Aggies? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, Utah State let a golden opportunity slip through its fingers, and you know, Wake Forest is a good football team. I mean, they're not spectacular. They're not, you know, certainly not Clemson. They're not one of the favorites in the ACC, but they really don't have any any wide, obvious holes on the roster. So, I mean, it's a solid team and it's well coached. Utah State had a chance to win. I mean, I, I thought Wake Forest defensively was poor for most of the game, but then you know was able to really slow Utah State down, force a couple turnovers late, and that was ended up being the difference. Uh, but Utah State, I mean. You know, nothing to hang their heads at. I think going into you know Winston Salem across the country and and giving the Deeks a game, obviously one they wish they could have. You know, in the in the first game with a new head coach, but I was still impressed with Utah State with hanging around and um, nothing to be ashamed of. Wake Forest is a football team. Did you get a chance to see the Utes against BYU and that that rugged defense they have and a pretty good running back by the name of Zach Moss? Yeah, I mean, Zach Moss, what, what else can you say about that kid? I mean, he's he probably not going to get the the kind of attention he deserves nationally. Uh, he's one of the best running backs in, in, in all of college football, and I was impressed with him in that game. And, you know, I'll be honest, guys, I fell asleep before it ended with the weather delay and everything. But um, what I did get to see, really impressed with Utah. You know, that's always a tricky game going against BYU. I know they've had the better of that series for a while. But, you know, you never know when you get into a rivalry game, especially a season opener, you know, what you're going to get. And I thought Utah came out and asserted themselves well in that game. And, you know, couple that with the loss of Oregon, it now looks like, you know, Utah, at least for for one week, has kind of jumped out to the front of, in my mind, I think the Pac-12, definitely in the south. I mean, it's them in Washington and, you know, I guess Oregon. Those those three are the class of the Pac-12. 
So BYU now goes back east to take on Tennessee this week, Josh. And we've asked you about Tennessee before, but how much did that uh, loss to Georgia State alter what you feel about the Vols? A lot. <laughs> I, I was high on Tennessee. I think I said that on your guys' show. So uh, egg on my face for that one because I just I liked what Tennessee was bringing back. I mean, I, I thought Garantano was going to take a step forward at quarterback. I thought that you know the group of receivers that they have was really talented. Um, I was fooled by Tennessee. And you hear the kind of things that Georgia State said after the game between, you know, the head coach Sean Elliott and, you know, talking about how, you know, they just they weren't intimidated by Tennessee. They felt like they were the better team. And you had, uh, I believe, one player on G- Georgia State either today or yesterday. They're taking on, I forget who they're playing now, but they're, they're playing like a low-level team this week. And the guy said he thought it was going to be a tougher test in Tennessee. I mean, just a lot of bad vibes coming out of Knoxville after that game. And it's not a good look for Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, this is already a guy who was the fifth, sixth, seventh choice for head coach a year ago after the whole Greg Schiano fiasco. But, you know, Tennessee fans, they got what they asked for. They, they caused a ruckus over Greg Schiano and, in my opinion, unfairly cost him that job they end up with jeremy pruitt and and nothing against jeremy pruitt but tennessee fans you know when you're going to storm in the streets over your coach and you end up with another guy well here you are you're a year later and and you're honestly in a a worse spot than you probably ever were under butch jones what's the truth though josh on what kind of athletes tennessee has because they could not stop the run and they couldn't run the ball themselves and that was shocking yeah, it was, and I, I honestly, I thought Tennessee's offensive line was going to look better than it did. I mean, Trey Smith is a, is a future NFL player. He's a former number one recruit. They've recruited okay. Um, depth has been a big issue for them because of just the exodus of guys over the last two years to transfer and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you saw it on Saturday. I, I think I overestimated you know, some of the athletes that they have, and their inability to run the football – was a huge thing. I mean, slowing down the run. I mean, that that's the key to winning football games. And I probably got suckered in a little bit by the flash of Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway and, and you know, the, the hype of Jared Garantano in his third year, a former Elite 11 quarterback. But, I mean, no doubt about it, you saw that there were fundamental issues in the Tennessee program that they're, they're far away, I mean, based on that one game. And, and they've got a lot of making up to do, and they got to do it in the, the toughest conference in college football. Would you pick BYU to beat them? I mean, yeah. At this point, I mean, Tennessee is is a is in rough shape. I think the hardest thing for them, if they don't win this game, the the next six games they have on their or five games on their schedule, all look like potential losses. A lot of pressure on them. I just think Tennessee has been a dysfunctional program for a while. And I mean, like I said, I'm happy to admit that I was wrong and being bullish on them after last week. I think BYU has a great chance to go in and, and win that game. Josh Parcell with us, giving us a national perspective on college football. And Josh, uh, USC, they squeak by Fresno, but they lose JT Daniels. How big of a blow is that to that program and uh, at the moment and, ta- and uh, Clay Hilton? Uh, a huge one, guys. I mean, you're talking about turning over the program now to a true freshman at quarterback. Daniels is a good talent. But I'll say this. Clay Helton didn't have much of a chance regardless at keeping that job. I mean, you read the tea leaves with what's going on in the administration there. Uh, it's only a matter of time before there's a new AD in place. It's only a matter of time before Clay Helton is out. Um, you know, everything is pointing towards a guy like Urban Meyer. But even if it's not, 
Uh, Clay Helton's days are probably numbered in USC anyway, uh, but this doesn't help. I mean, the only thing Clay Helton could have done to save his job is probably win the Pac-12 and and make a, a New Year's Six Bowl or, or even the playoff. I mean, that's that's not happening now for sure. So the the slim chance that Clay Helton had of keeping his job, I think, just vanished when, when JT Daniels went down last Saturday night. So what do you think the fate of SC will be? And the reason I ask is because both Utah and BYU play the Trojans. Uh, is uh, is it going to be one of those uneven seasons where they rise up because they have good athletes, but they're not consistent and they don't really aren't organized maybe the way they should be? I mean, I think you just described the last decade of USC football. I mean, that's that's what they're known for. I mean, you know, athletically, they, they could stand up against just about anybody in the country. I mean, maybe not quite Alabama or Clemson anymore, but they pull in four- and five-star kids every year. It's a top-ten class. They've got athletes, but you talk about the lack of stability, the the dysfunction that's that's kind of been perpetrating through that program. It's hard to stay focused. And, and I'll say this about two programs in particular, USC and Miami. Um, they've both been great and, and had dynasties over the last 20 years at different points in time. And what's been the difference in my eyes when those two programs have been great, it's when they have had so much talent that it doesn't matter if there's dysfunction or if there's bad coaching or whatever other distractions that you want to put in front of them because they've just been able to so severely out-talent everyone they've played that they win no matter what. I mean, think about those USC teams, all the NFL players that were on that roster. Same thing with Miami back when they had Sean Taylor and Clinton Portis and McGahee and Andre Johnson. Like The list goes on and on. Like, they had all pros on that roster on the two deep and USC and Miami, neither one of those programs can say that anymore. They're still talent, but they're not, we're not talking about just an entire starting 22 of NFL players. And I think that's been a big difference for each of those programs. And for USC, like I said, it's no different. I think you're right. You know, Gordon, that they, they can beat anybody in the PAC 12, but you asked me to, to trust in them to, to win 10 games and, and to win the PAC 12 South. I don't trust them to do that. Josh, it seems like a, a narrative on the national level was that the SEC had a bad week one. And granted, Mizzou losing in Laramie probably isn't great. But uh, I looked at it and I thought, well, did you really expect those teams to be all that great anyway? It seemed like the top of the league still rolled like you would expect. Yeah, I mean, okay, so we learned that the, the bottom four teams in that league are, are a little bit worse than we thought. But we also learned that LSU's got a dynamite offense for at least one week. It looks like some of the changes will take hold. We'll obviously learn a lot more about LSU this weekend when they play Texas. But Auburn gets a, been a tremendous come-from-behind win against what some people believe to be the favorite in the Pac-12. Auburn is a, I mean, with a fourth, fifth-best team in the SEC. Um, you know, Alabama rolls. It, it, it just... I'm not buying this idea that the SEC is overrated because the back half of the league uh, somehow struggled. Not even back half, the, the bottom three or four teams. The SEC is fine. Look at the NFL numbers over the last eight, nine, ten years. You could even go back further. Just last season, the SEC put 63 guys in the NFL. The next closest conference wasn't within 20 to 25 players. It's, it's not close. There's more talent in the SEC. It is top to bottom. And just because the back – 
you know, few teams in the pack had a rough week doesn't signal to me that the league is overrated because the middle, uh, you know, third of that league is still in my eyes stronger than the SEC or I'm sorry, the ACC or even the Big Ten. Josh, as always, thank you very, very much. Keep up the good work, and we'll catch you next week. You bet, guys. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, Josh. Josh Parcell, WFNZ there in Charlotte, but also the College Football Country podcast and uh, on SiriusXM Radio on their college football channel. So now he's betting on BYU to beat the Vols. Yeah, we wondered if he'd uh, if he'd kind of do a little Mia Copa, and he certainly did. Certainly that, altered that, his opinion that, of Tennessee that, that greatly. That's just such a horrible loss. Yeah, by the, the inexcusable. Yeah, I mean, how can you, how can you not lean that way? I'm expecting BYU to win, aren't you? Yep. All right, coming up next, we're giving away kiss tickets on a win ticket Wednesday for the best uh, karaoke Elton John on the open mic. Coming up next, stay tuned. <laughs> this ought to be good. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. With BYU all the way on this one. If you wanted to have some sort of punishment because your player and your booster technically did have some illegal interaction, that's one thing. But two whole years of that for something like this, I think that's pathetic. No, I don't think that they're just targeting BYU, but I do think the NCAA is trying to make a statement with attacking schools with much smaller violations and wildly overlooking serious stuff. I don't really care about the quote-unquote bad things he did. To me, as far as a moral scale goes, that's nothing. Nick Emery gets a used Jetta and goes to Harry Potter World, and Yoli Childs doesn't cross a T and dot an I. He has to sit out nine games. Two years of records are removed. This is garbage. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. the Zone. It's a win ticket Wednesday. We're giving away a pair of tickets to go see Kiss. Get ready to rock when Kiss brings their end of the road uh, end of the road world tour with guest Royal Bliss to USANA Amphitheater on Saturday, September 14th. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Gordon, we asked for open mics. The best Elton John. Uh, well, I don't want to say a cover, but uh, how about karaoke? <laughs> okay. On the open mic, and we're uh, we're going to hook you up with a pair of tickets. Uh, let's get right to it because we're up against it. Let's start with. Spencer, Austin, if you please. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time to touchdown brings me round. I'm yet to find. I'm not the man they think I am at all. Oh no, no, no! I'm a rocket man. All right, I like his enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, up next, let's go to Mike. I remember when rock was fun. Me and Thuthy had so much fun. Crocodile rock. La 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 la. La 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 la. I hate that song. You don't like Crocodile Rock? Nope. Never did. So you're you're eliminating Mike no, for his song, no, no, his no, song no, choice? No, no, I'm all ears to hear what you guys say. I like Crocodile Rock. Yeah, I don't like it. That's a t- he he chose a tough one to go after. 
It's got to be a hard song to sing. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle is next. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. Not the man I wish I would. Something like that. That's like karaoke. It is like karaoke. I kind of like that because that's probably a Kiss fan who is singing Elton John just to get the tickets. Like, he probably really wants the tickets. You know what he I really mean? He really wants them, but uh, he kind of did what Hans accused BYU of doing. It kind of like he gave up at the end there. Well, Han- Hans said they got tired. It was either that or giving up, and he was going with tired. Well, that's not the way I read it. All right, Will is next. Will. No more of your darkness. All my pictures seem to fade to black and white. Ah, I like that song. Oh, yeah, I do too. All right, we have one more, Austin. Let's go with Dwight. Hello, this is Edwin John. I heard you talking about me song, Rocket Man. Of course it's about drugs. Oh, don't let my media personnel tell you what it's about. It's about bloody drugs. Come on now. <laughs> that wasn't really karaoke, but that was funny, and yeah. we were talking about that. Yeah, we were. Uh, yeah. All right, what are you going to go with? What's your vote? I might go with Dwight. You like Dwight there, the, the drugs guy? I don't know. What do you guys think? I like Kyle. Kyle? I liked Kyle, too. All right. Because the first thought I had was, doesn't sound like an Elton John fan. Sounds like he wants the kiss tickets. Right. And he's trying an Elton John thing to get the so kiss tickets. And he made me him. laugh. Which Damn, uh, and yeah. I thought it was funny. And Dwight made us laugh too. And yeah. Dwight did as well. Yeah. All right, I'll go with you guys. All right, congrats, Kyle. Enjoy Kiss coming up September fourteenth. Again, grab your tickets LiveNation.com. Well, more of the big show coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This 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 is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Gary Anderson, head coach of Utah State. Now that you've had a couple days to kind of look at film, did your perspective of that game change at all from what you saw out on the field? It was a heck of a college football game. I imagine sitting there watching it. Anybody, any fan would have loved to watch that game. It was great to see. You know, Caleb do what he did. Coc do what he did. Jalen do what he did. Those new additions to the offense were obviously a huge positive. And so a lot to build on. But you know, it's been 48 years since Utah State's been able to go on the road and win one of those games against a Power Five opponent. And there's been many close and we've just got to take that step as we continue to grow as a program to get one of those victories. In review, we took it. We're learning from it. We uh, are never going to forget about it. I always tell the kids, you know, put it in your rearview mirror, but leave that little spot in your rearview mirror that you can go back and look at that and understand that it was an opportunity that was lost. We can definitely improve. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and Gordo. We'll wrap this sucker up and go over into the bowl. Catch a little Elton John tonight. Very excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going with my whole family, my my folks, and wife's coming along. Got a sitter for the kid, of course. Don't think the toddler would quite appreciate uh, Sir Elton, but uh, excited about it. I thought I read somewhere that any, any kid over the age of two had to have a ticket. Well, yeah, we didn't buy our ticket, so there you go. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people have seen Elton. You know, he's he's, he's toured a lot. He's been in Vegas. He, he's You know, he did the whole thing with Billy Joel and all that. But uh, for whatever reason, I've never seen this guy in concert. And I've I've been listening to his music 
for and really his music as much as any other artist I can think of has uh, pretty much spanned my life. Hmm. Maybe not the beginning, but you know, certainly a large portion of it. I'll tell you one thing I'm uh, challenged where I've got with the uh, the toddler right now is she actually is comprehending what we're saying. <laughs> had this uh, had this problem earlier today where uh, we were we were talking about arrangements for the concert and mm-hmm. of course we used the word sitter so we're getting a babysitter for her and that caught her ear and all of a sudden she's like no sitter it just gives us a dirty look and we're like oh well, that's let no sitter I'm like well you're, <laughs> you're gonna, getting one you're gonna, have to start, <laughs> you're gonna have to start whispering. She knew. Or you're going to start talking in code. It really surprised me because she knew exactly what we were talking about. At exactly. She, at least she didn't say no sit. What, like she was going to stand the whole time? No. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. That was that was not even funny. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Well, be careful what you say around a kid. That, that, that <laughs> uh, you know. And don't swear around the kid either, because pretty soon she'll be dropping all that stuff. So you got to clean up your clean up your language. We're we're really careful, actually. But I I made a a big mistake. This coming, by the way, from the guy who had to be dumped today on the show. Oh, so. that's true. What did I say? Oh, we can't repeat it. Uh, well, oh, that was just that was that was just I just misspoke. Can I tell you what the the one <laughs> dumped us? Yes, of course welcome. we did. Can I tell you the the one I did accidentally? What happened to me the other night? Because I'm very careful not to curse around it, right? Very right. careful. It didn't have anything to do with uh, a bulging. Uh, no, disc, no, 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 no. It? it. I was I was putting her to bed. Right, we had just read the book. I I picked her up and I was going to walk her across the room to put her in her crib. Right, mm-hmm. and I stubbed my toe oh, so badly uh-huh. on a toy right there in the middle uh-huh. of the room, and I just yelled, "GD it!" And then look right down at her, and I'm like, oh, oh, no. Oh, ignore that, please. Ignore that, please. And I, I haven't heard her repeat it. Well, yeah, but you, you made a mistake by making a big deal out of it. Just just don't do it again, and it'll, it'll be all right. That's, that's probably good advice. <laughs> it's like when Lloyd said, oh, bleep, we got to get out of here. Yeah, and then but then Xavier picked up on that immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. for weeks. Yeah, yeah. they're sponges. But yeah, I felt bad about that one. But I stubbed my toe and it hurt so badly. <laughs> Wait till they start asking for your wallet. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show. Big thanks to Austin Horton, executive producer of The Big Show. Thanks to Josh Parcell, who joined us. David Locke, who's on with us. Frank Dolce. You can get those all in podcast form at 1280thezone.com or, uh, or simply search out The Big Show on your favorite podcast catcher. Please hit uh, subscribe and you'll get all of our material. Thank you, Gordon. Enjoy the show tonight. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, Austin. Thanks to all our listeners. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.